Week number four, Unforgiving Spirit. We talked, or I asked you guys earlier uh, in the week to give me some examples why someone might become bitter. And so we're going to look at bitterness and an unforgiving spirit. So Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, just two verses, but I think really good verses. It says this, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So 31, it tells us what to put away. 32, it tells us what to uh, put on and to possess out of those verses. Now, in talking about bitterness, and this is what we, this is what I asked on the, the class Facebook page, you guys sent this in here. The Bible compares this to, if you can go over to one spot, hold your spot in Ephesians because we'll flip back to it. Those will be the only two places that we'll need to go. But Hebrews chapter number 12, Hebrews chapter number 12, and then verse number 15 It kind of shows us where uh, bitterness comes from and then its actions when it does. It says this in 12.15, Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Now, if you're just glancing at that verse, there's a lot of things that stand out. But first off, it says right there that bitterness is a root. So that means that everything that comes out of bitterness is all the fruit, but it's not the root. So if you're having um, different problems or issues, uh, anger or forgiveness issues, or in this verse here, it says uh, a lack of grace in your life, or in other words, just a lack of compassion towards other people. A lot of times uh, people just take, they just kind of pull that off or they snip that off. They try to just be a kinder person or whatever else, but they're never actually dealing with the root. And the root is that they're actually bitter about some things. Now, I had you guys give me a couple of reasons why someone would be bitter. And then I just kind of summarize them here, uh, either because of being hurt, falsely accused, uh, maybe family issues, um, things that are frustrating to you about the family, someone unwilling to uh, listen and always trying to dole out advice, a harmful upbringing, <clears throat> meaning goes all the way back to either childhood or, uh, or otherwise. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have you raise your hand in this setting because in some cases we may or may not... Uh, you know, no different people, situations and stuff. But I bet you that in a room this size, probably half or more, if I was to say, did you, did you grow up, um, you know, have, having things in your past that you think that you're bitter about because of the way you, you grew up or because of the way someone raised you or treated you or whatever else, um, we'd probably be looking at half or more inside here from what I found in talking to people, which is pretty intense. So a harmful upbringing, unaccepted forgiveness, uh, unfulfilled promises or a sense of entitlement and unrealistic expectations. Forget who someone put that as the very last uh, thing on there. I think it might have been Kara um, or Monica. But either way, I thought it was interesting because sometimes we, we just set our expectations too high of the way someone should treat us or the way we should be treated, which means we're always setting ourselves up for failure. So uh, we either have a perceived reason or we have a real reason uh, why we should become bitter. But the point is, is that it always starts out as a root and then from there it can uh, grow. And so by the time that it's actually manifesting itself, uh, there's a lot of things there that, that need to get right, but they go pretty, pretty deep. Typically, most people don't really deal with things at the root level, especially once you get into your adulthood, you just kind of spend the whole time just covering up issues and covering up issues and covering up issues. And so um, we need to get down to the root of those things. So let's look at this here as you flip back towards the place that we'll hold there uh, in Ephesians chapter number four. First off, I want to look at this, the reality 
the reality of bitterness, the reality of bitterness, the reality of bitterness, um, and that is obviously that it really exists. Two reasons why someone could be bitter. Number one, some are bitter because of their past. Some are bitter because of their past. And then some are bitter because of a current relationship. Some are bitter because of a current relationship. Now, what's interesting is, is that obviously if someone's bitter about their past, then it's something that's carried forward and it's harming their present, right? Uh, but it's something that's stuck in the past. And so because of their unwillingness to get over it, maybe the other person knows about it and feels that too, or maybe they don't and you're just hanging on to something there. Um, but the more that I talk to people, the more that I realize that these are things that adults deal with a lot. Look at this verse right here, Colossians 3.19. It says this, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. So when even in a marital relationship, we can be bitter against um, our spouse. That typically is because of unfulfilled or unrealistic expectations. This is why a pastor always says, look, if you're a, and we tell us all the time, try to tell us to singles, if you're an unhappy single person, you're going to be an unhappy married person. Because just getting married and having that person, uh, even though you love them so much, it doesn't fulfill you as a person. Because if you're unhappy as an individual, that is a you and God problem. That is not a problem that can be fixed uh, with an engagement or with a marriage or with a second or third or fourth marriage, fifth marriage for Hollywood, whatever. Uh, so that, that can't get fixed by a person. It can only be fixed by God. So if you are... Uh, unhappy as a person, then that needs to be something that gets done at a, at a better level. Uh, number two right here, the release of bitterness. The release of bitterness. And this is just letting go of all of that. The release of bitterness. It says right there, it says, be put away from you with all malice. In other words, we need to get this behind us and uh, move on. So there's three things in this right here. Number, num letter A is forgiveness. Forgiveness. What is forgiveness? Here's the definition. It means putting away the right you have to punish someone else. Putting away the right you have to punish someone else. Jesus says this there. There's now, therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Jesus Christ who walk not after this flesh but after the spirit. I want to read to you a verse out of John chapter number 8 because I want to show you Jesus' response to um, Jesus' response to these things. John chapter number 8, and then verse number 11. John 8, 11. And um, I can read it for you if you want to flip there, then you can too. But Jesus, someone, these guys, different people bring this lady to Jesus, right? And so they're going to condemn her, and then Jesus tells, you know, cast the first stone. And so they all walk away. In verse number 11, she says, uh, she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So Jesus, obviously, who was the person who could condemn somebody, says, I'm not going to condemn you either. I'm going to release you from that. And so go ahead and go and sin no more. I think what's interesting to note is, is that Jesus Christ, he was in the position where he could condemn, but he didn't condemn. He, re he released his right to condemn somebody. He released his right to judge somebody. So Therefore, we simply have to ask ourselves, what, why are we holding on to the right to judge somebody else if Jesus, who is perfect, said, I'm going to release my right to condemn you? So if Jesus has released his right, 
then we must think pretty high of ourselves if we'll say, okay, well, I still am holding on to my right to judge somebody else or to stay mad at somebody else or to stay bitter at somebody else for whatever reason. And these are real things that happen all the time uh, for people. I like the quote right there, to forgive someone is to set the prisoner free only to finally realize that that prisoner all the time was you. Um, Confession, be right there, confession. Confession. How are you going to pull out the root of bitterness in your life? I think it's got to start with us spending some concentrated time in God's word and confessing our sins and confessing whatever is wrong uh, in our life about that. Now, look, we're all adults in here and you could, you know, if you if you want to stay mad at somebody and you want to spend the next decade and you've already spent a couple of years staying mad at this person or being mad at this person, maybe family, maybe someone from your past, maybe a spouse, whatever else, uh, you already spent a lot of years at it. If you want to continue throwing more and more years at that, then obviously that is completely your right. However, I can tell you this, it's only, it's only you know this, it's only hurting you. Um, bitterness is sort of like uh, you, you, uh, uh, you know, getting mad at somebody else and uh, wanting them to uh, drink poison, you know, but that poison, the bitterness is just forming up inside you and it's just, it's going to take you out. And so we've got to be able to have confession. And then last, or in C right here is forget. We need to be able to forget. Philippians, I'll, I'll read this verse to you. Philippians 3 in verse number 13. Philippians 3.13 uh, says this, brethren, I count my, not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And so Paul said that he was going to forget certain things in order so that he might be able to reach forward to those things which are before. So what's interesting was the reason why Paul forgot those things, the reason why he confessed those things and got right with them and put them behind him was not for the sake of somebody else, but was for the sake of himself because he realized that that bitterness and that, that remembering again and again, that transgression or of that whatever, that was only going to continue to hurt him and hold himself back. And so once he could forget that and put it behind him or confess it to God, whatever, then he would be able to uh, move on from that. Now, here's what's interesting, okay? The Bible says this, you know this, First John uh, 1, 9, where if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive, Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so here we go. Something happens, right? We sin or whatever else. A sin takes place, either someone to us or us to somebody else. Something happens, right? Either intentional or not. If we confess that thing to God, okay, the Bible says that he takes our sin, he throws it as far as the east is from the west, he buries it in the deepest sea, he remembers it no more. So God forgives it, and then he forgets it. He wipes his memory of it. He forgets that thing. Now, is that over for you as a human, as an individual? No. No, because unfortunately... Uh, you, unlike God, God has a divine forgetter, right? And But you don't have a divine forgetter because you're a natural human being, as am I. And so what's going to happen is God can forgive and forget and be done with it. However, because uh, of us, we're going to go a little bit farther and we're going to remember we're going to pick that thing back up again. And then we're going to have that burden again and again and again. If you've ever been through anything in your life that was, that was decently tragic, uh, you know this, that you constantly have to Give that thing back to God and give that thing back to God. So I'm going to come to God and I'm going to confess it again. I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give. And he goes, give what to me? I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll take it from you. That's great. And he's going to bury that thing again. He's going to get rid of it. He's going to throw it behind you, all that stuff. And you're going to go forward another day and you're going to remember it. You're going to go forward two days and you're going to remember it again. It's been a while. You forgot it for a whole week, but at some point you're going to pick it up again. So you're always remembering those past sins and failures again and again and again. 
we have to keep going back to God. This is why Paul also said, I die daily. In other words, Paul said, I'm going to go through this motion every single day of confessing my sins and of giving it to God, of claiming his victory in the thing, and then getting over it again and again and again and again. How many times? As many times as it takes. Now, um, sometimes someone might come to you and say, hey, I need, you know, I need forgiveness for this or whatever. And you'll say, man, I don't even remember. I don't even know what you're talking about. But sure, you know, I'll forgive you. No, no big deal, right? You're, you're done with it. You didn't remember, but obviously they remembered and it was, it was tripping them up. And so we might have those uh, different circumstances in our life. But I want to give to this talking point right here. Of those three that we just talked about, meaning forgiveness, first off, B, confession, or C, forgetting it. Of those three right there, what might you find or what would we find the most difficult of those three to do? What's that? Forgetting. Forgetting? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Same. Yep. Anybody else? Same. Yep. Okay. All right. So if forgiveness is easy and confession is easy, then unfortunately then, since we're trapped in this human immortal body, forgetting will be our biggest struggle. Um, I remember some, uh, just yesterday, something came up and I remember something I did, some failure I had just goes like way, way, way back. And I was like, man, where did that even come from? Something I hadn't thought of in forever. And you know, when you're looking back on something, if you're, if you're approaching your, your, maybe your 20 year uh, high school reunion or whatever, you might look back at some things and you might think, man, like that seems like a lifetime ago. I wasn't even, number one, what was I thinking? I mean, not, not even that same person again or whatever else. But it's interesting how good the devil is at bringing things back up to us again, right? And a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, whenever we're trying to go forward for God, and a lot of us, you man, you're, you're getting into church for the first time in a long time, or you're getting involved uh, in a way that you never have before, which is great. I'm going to caution you that when this is starting out, that that's when the devil's going to attack you and attack you a whole lot. Uh, one of the pastors I had uh, in college, he preached a sermon called The Babies Under Attack. It was a really, really good sermon. He talked about um, when Jesus was born, that Herod tried to kill Jesus. Remember, he sends out the decree and kills every baby that was two and under, right? Tried to kill Jesus before he even got started. Same thing happened in Exodus where the Pharaoh goes through and he says, kill every male child, right? Right away. As soon as they're born, if they're a male child, then we, we're going to get rid of them. And so he preaches from talking about the babies under attack. And that means that the devil tries to, he doesn't ever play fair. He tries to attack when someone is new in their faith or when they're just starting out in something or where they made a decision, like, all right, God, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to start to do this. He's going to try to trip you up within the first five steps. Because once you've got established and you're running down that road and you've got a routine and you're strong in your faith and all that other stuff, then he's going to have a lot harder time taking you down. So he's not going to play fair. If you're going to make a decision, you're going to turn here. Okay, I'm going to forgive this person. I'm going to make this commitment to God. I'm going to step out by faith and do this or whatever. Maybe this year you're going to start saying, I'm going to start tithing for the first time. Or I'm going to start going out soul winning. Or I'm going to dedicate my life to the Lord. Or I'm going to be faithful in this or whatever. The devil's going to attack you. Just know it's coming. And so if you anticipate that it's coming, when it comes, then it won't be such a surprise to you. That's why Jesus said, look, in the world you have tribulations, okay? But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He gave you that promise. But he said, look, coming in, understand and know this. You are going to get attacked. And especially when you're still a baby in Christ or when you're starting out with this or when it's something that's brand new because if the devil can launch an attack right there, he's going to be a lot more effective 
at tripping you up. So know it's coming, prepare for it, right? And then just realize if you, if you ride this thing out, the Bible says in James, resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? Draw an eye to God, he will draw an eye to you. So let's look at this in, in closing here. What is the replacement for bitterness? How can I replace bitterness in my own life? Replacement for bitterness. Um, what do we got here? Oh, be kind, be kind. Because it's in the verse, right? Ephesians be kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another be kind and then the second thing there is be tender hearted be tender hearted you know what's interesting about a root of bitterness is it actually grows the best in hard calloused ground right so it's that root that can really do well in cement. And so the more that we break up, and this is why the Bible says in the Old Testament, I forget which, which book it is now, but it says, break up the fallow grounds of your heart. In other words, don't let your heart get cold and hardened towards people or hardened towards the gospel or hardened towards the needs of others. If we'll break that up in our own life, then all of a sudden God can start to do work in our, in our life there. The Bible says right there in Psalms 133 verse 1, it says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what right there? Unity. Now, imagine if you had a house that was combined together in perfect unity. Man, that would be amazing. You'd be, you'd be getting along. You'd be going in the same direction. You would have all of those things there. Imagine if we had a class. Imagine if we had a church, okay, that was together in perfect unity. But the devil's in the business of division. If he can divide our, our church, if he can divide your family, if he can divide your marriage, then obviously he can get a stronghold in there. And that's why he's always looking for the, 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 the you know, hole in the fence or he's looking for that small crack that he can find his way through because he's going to take the opportunity to break into that and to see if he can disrupt whatever's going on in your life, okay? So if you're holding on to, and I say this because I believe that adults struggle with this um, more than kids do uh, because kids haven't had that time to get bitter, right? Bitterness always takes, it's a hurt plus a heal, an unhealed hurt plus time, all right? So if you, if you run this thing back all the way, you're going to find that there was some event or there was some time in your life where a hurt happened. Maybe you caused it. Maybe your own decisions caused it. Maybe it happened to you and honestly, you were just a bystander, but you got caught up in it. Typically, if you pour in that, that salve of forgiveness and of confession, right, and of forgetting, then it can clean out that wound and that thing can heal really quickly, right? It's done, you bandage it up, it's gonna heal. But bitterness is like a festering wound. It just gets worse and worse and worse over time. So much so that as you start to try to clean it out now, touch it right now to get it, to get it cleaned out and, and healed, it's gonna be very, very, very painful. And so a lot of adults, They've spent years being bitter, whatever else. They just, they go through life just trying to be nice about things and try to cover up things or whatever else. Now, a funny illustration to close. Um, I work in a, or not work in, I go in on Thursday mornings, I preach in a nursing home. So every Thursday I'm there for about an hour from 10 to 11 uh, in the morning. And um, it's, it's, some of them are already on their, on their first or second nap of the day, you know, so by 10 o'clock, but I enjoy going to uh, the nursing home. Now, uh, in the nursing home, I like to think of it as, you know, all of us in our tw- you know, 20s, 30s, 40s right now, whatever, we can have a pretty good veil 
of um, facade, right? If we don't like somebody, smile like, oh, hey, so good to see you or whatever. And they would never know that you just disdain this person, right? Okay, because so you're really, really good at faking, right? But the older you get, the more thin that veil becomes, right? Okay, so you really just see people for not what they've become, but I believe you're seeing someone for who they really are then, because it doesn't make sense. You see some of the nicest. There's a guy in there by the name of uh, Jewel, and uh, he's 96 years old, and uh, nicest guy ever. Great singing voice, and uh, he's so every time I come, hell, oh, thank you so much, and I just love the Lord, and he just talks and talks and talks about how much he loves God, loves his family. Also, just nicest guy, just ever ever meet. And there are some people there that are bitter and mean. I'll, I'll pull someone, park someone next to them, you know, and they'll, I don't want to sit next to this person. Get them and they'll like try to like swing at this person or whatever, you know. And it's true. It really happens. And you're like, what's the difference between like a, a sweet old man and like that bitter old, you know, cadre mean guy. And that is just not that they became this person, but they always were this person. They just don't have the ability to hide it anymore. It's just showing either because they say like, who cares at this point, right? Or as you lose your facilities a little bit, one of those things that you lose is hypocrisy, right? Fortunately or unfortunately. So we all, all of us, if that veil was just dropped today and uh, we were walking down the hall, hey, how's it going, man? Shut up, you know, how's it going? Uh, don't talk to me or whatever. That's how some of us are really on the inside, but we're just gonna be really, really good at faking it for years and years and years and years and years. One of those things that makes someone that way is just a root of bitterness. As I talk to people there, either they talk about the good life they had, man, the kids here and all this other stuff, or they talk about all their disappointments and they don't like this, they don't like this, they don't like this. And it comes from roots of bitterness or being someone who's just kind and tenderhearted and all of those things. I say that because for you, it's not too late. If you know in your heart that you have a root of bitterness, and by the way, if you're, if you're thinking like, do I have a root, man? Do I, is there any way I have a root? Then you probably don't have a root. It's something that you know, okay? If there's someone you can't stand to talk to, if you find yourself, you're always negative about things, you're always negative in most relationships, uh, you default to negative, okay? That's coming from some root of bitterness in your life. A lot of times it's a distrust or a bitterness towards God because it started with somebody else. We just shifted over to God because God's supposed to be in control of all things. Therefore, why did he let X, Y, Z happen, right? But if that happens, okay, um, then we're going to become that person. And one day, look, I want to visit every single one of you in the nursing home one day, okay? And you just be the nicest and the most interesting uh, because I won't know for another 30 or 40 or in, in Nick and Lydia's case, 70 years or whatever until they're that old. We won't know who you really are uh, until that veil kind of thins out. So let get those roots out in our life, okay? You're not too late to start seeking forgiveness, um, if it's if it's in your house, root that out. You don't want that spreading to your kids. It's toxic in a marriage. It's toxic in a family, um, but it's also toxic in a church. So don't let those roots of bitterness uh, form or spring up or anything like that. I'm going to get us out just a little bit early today, so you'll have uh, plenty of time to get to where you need to go and everything like that. And uh, thanks again, uh, Brandon Ashley, for um, breakfast. Oh, you know what? Here, do this before we leave. I'm going to pray. I'm going to take a long time in praying because I'm going to pass around the breakfast sign-up sheet because next week is the last week that we have filled for that. So I'm really sorry uh, about not passing that out um, earlier. Okay, um, next week we'll continue with... Uh,